All right, guys, on today's episode, we are so excited to talk to Rebecca, the reseller. She's going to share with us how she hit $100,000 in a year by selling clothes. The Reseller Hangout Podcast is all about helping you grow, scale, and thrive in your reselling business. We're Rob and Melissa with Flea Market Flipper and have been in the resale biz for over 20 years. Not only do we buy and sell awesome items on a weekly basis, we also coach other resellers how to take their business to the next level. In this podcast, we are committed to bringing you great guests who love to share their tips, tactics that will help you level up in your current reselling business. So let's go. What's up, guys? Today, we are so excited to talk to Rebecca, the reseller, and really get some insight and dig into her business. So, Rebecca, thanks for jumping on here and joining us today. Hey there. You are so energetic. I love it. <laughs> I know sometimes thanks it's for hard having me. <laughs> it's so, oh, it's great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, thank you so much for being here. We're excited to learn more about your reselling business. Everybody does business so different. So, it's so fun to hear how many different ways you can run a reselling business. Absolutely. So. It really is so individual because it's such a lifestyle business. So, it really is awesome because it can fit into your lifestyle. Right. So, go ahead and just let us know how did you even get started? Give us a little backstory. Yeah. So I had like a corporate job and, and we had our son in 2015 and the plan was for me to go back to work. But unfortunately we just didn't really kind of dig the daycare situation that we found ourselves in. And like we thought we were going to, (laughs) we didn't. So we actually made the decision for me to be a stay at home mom, which was never the plan, but was, was interesting and cool. And when Gio was about six months old, I had, you know, seen a parenting magazine or whatever. And it had an ad for an app called Totspot where you could sell your used baby clothes. And I was like, perfect. Cause he's six months now. So I have stuff that like, you know, he's not going to fit in anymore or some stuff he didn't even get to wear because, you know, we're in Orlando, Florida and people sent us all kinds of wintery things. And it's like, no, we don't need those here. So, so I had a lot of things to sell that were baby clothes. I thought that would be perfect. And I went on and I, you know, just took some photos and listed it. And a few things sold. And I was like, well, that's cool. And I said that I was going to take any money that I made from there and put it in his college fund. So that way, you know, because most of this stuff were gifts and that way it's like they gave twice, you know, and that would go for his future. So, so that's what I do with pretty much anytime I sell anything of his, it goes for his college fund. And when that happened, I started getting more and more into it because I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice. I could really put a little bit of money away for him. And I asked a woman on there because with Totspot, it was very much like a little bit like Poshmark in that you had to share and stuff. So there were share groups and things. And I asked this woman, because I'm not shy, why do you have, like, how many kids do you have? Because she had hundreds of items in her closet of all, you know, boys, girls, big kid, little kid, baby stuff. I was like, what? Like how, you know, how many kids do you have? I just have the one, like it's a little bit much. And she was like, oh honey, no, I don't have all these kids. Like I have two, I buy clothes at the thrift store and I sell them for a profit. And I was like, what? what?" You know, I mean, I knew that there were thrift stores. I knew that like, but I just never knew. Like that was the aha, you know, everybody has that aha reselling moment when you figure out that reselling is a thing. And that was it. And I was like, what? So, I mean, I think that day I packed Gio up six months old 
and went to the Goodwill, like had to look and find where there was one. It was like 20 minutes away. Now we have two much closer, but <laughs> took him and I found some Carters and some Baby Gap and stuff. And I listed them same like his. And then I made profit on those. And I was like, oh my God. So I got the poster board from the dollar store. And every time he was napping, I took photos on the floor in the hallway. And it was like, you know, okay, this was going to be a fun little thing that I can do to help keep my sanity as a used to be working mom, working person. And now a mom with this baby that, you know, they don't really do anything when they're that little. Like, so it was like, this wasn't the fun, like leave it to beaver thing. I thought it was going to be because it's just this little baby and me all day. And I'm kind of going a little nuts. So it was great for me. And that app is no longer around because they merged with Poshmark mm. and Poshmark merged everyone from Totspot over into Poshmark when they decided to expand from being a women's only platform to adding a men's market and adding a kid's market. And so that's how I got involved in Poshmark. And so I said, well, now that I can sell women's clothes, I have, you know, some career things that clearly the, you know, new baby lady is not going to fit in anymore. The size two Michael Kors dress in the White House black market and whatever. Let me put it up. And like my first listing is like WHBM EUC skirt, you know, like, <laughs> so, you know, and so cringe and it sold for like over $20 or whatever. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> so I did the same exact thing, but I just made 20 bucks instead of three on the baby gap. And that kind of that just knocked it out of the park. And it was like, okay, this is now a real thing. And so, you know, for about six years now, I've just been doing it, but a little bit different, a little bit bigger scale <laughs> now looking for different items than baby gap. But yeah, that's how it all started. And thank God it did because now I have, you know, like a legit business and he's in school now and he's in first grade and, you know, I'm doing six figures and, it all started from nothing. So it's very, I'm very proud of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Super excited. Yeah. So you, this is what you do. You don't, I mean, I know you share content and help other people too, but yeah. like that, this is what you do. So this, this is, is your, what I do. I awesome. said, yeah, once I kind of realized that I could make a little, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month and things like that, like once it kind of became not just like, oh, what is this to, okay, this is something. It wasn't a full business then, but it was, okay, this is something, what do I want to do with this? I kind of said, well, if I can replace my full-time income, my take-home income that I used to make at my job, if I can replace that by the time that Geo is done with kindergarten, because I knew, you know, as a reselling mom, you shove your business into the pockets of time that you, your kids and your husband and life and your dog and the laundry allow you. And so uh, I call everything in like reseller mom years. Like maybe I would have hit six figures in two years if I wasn't a reseller mom, but I am. And I wouldn't have become a reseller if I wasn't a mom. So I'm grateful for how it all played out. But I do think, you know, my progress has taken longer than maybe it would have otherwise. So I said, if I can replace my full-time income being a reseller by the time Gio's done with kindergarten. And so that was the end of last year. And I think I was maybe $3,000 short, but I did it. And I said, you know what? I'm fine with that because this is a flexible thing. And I know it's going to grow because now I know what I'm doing. And, you know, that's like 
I didn't have a boss. I didn't have to drive on the highway. I didn't have to pay tolls and do my dry cleaning and all because I wear leggings every day. <laughs> and so I was okay with that. I missed my goal of like $3,000 because I had gone from zero to that far. So we can, you know, get into all of that, but yes. So this is what I do. This is my full-time gig. And, you know, my husband's job, we're lucky he does well. And so he covers really the basics of everything, but this as my job, as my salary, as my business allows me to save for retirement, more kind of like mini, we'd love to retire early people. So I kind of like consume a lot of that fire content yeah. about retiring early. So I shovel as much as I possibly can into retirement with the money that I make. And then I pay for geos extras. You know, I don't have to take money out of our family finances when I want to get a cup of coffee, like all that yeah, stuff. For sure. So it, it helps our family, but it does not cover the main bills. But I see that if I continue on the trajectory I am, it could be, you know, it could do that if we needed it to. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So you're in six figures now with clothes. Do you have a team? Do you have people that are working with you? Kind of give us a breakdown of where you're at right now compared to where you started. Yeah, I do have helpers. And honestly, I started really early having helpers because I was a reselling mom. And I will say to anybody, if, you know, they don't have kids yet, or they have little kids like a baby, the hardest time that I thought now that I've experienced six years of a child and reselling it was one and a half to two and a half because they can walk around. Yeah. They're (laughs) everywhere. They're into everything. The attention span is not there. And you know, the listening and all that. So I think one and a half to two and a half was the hardest part. And that was when I chose to hire a photographer. So I just put out a Facebook post in a lot of the local moms groups. Hey, does anybody, you know, need some part-time work? And so, you know, at first she came to the house and did it. Then I started to trust her. And so she would take the clothes to her house and we, you know, invested in a setup for her to do it at her house. But so that wasn't the first hire, but I think that was the most important hire because it was the most meaningful impact to my life because she was able to do all those photos where Gio was like knocking down the lights and like getting, touching the clothes, which I don't really like for him to do even now. (laughs) So you know, that was a really impactful hire was getting a photographer and having all of that kind of taken off of my plate. The other hire that I did in the beginning was a, I guess she was remote, but she was local. So we never met also went on Facebook and said, Hey, I have this other, you know, part-time gig. Can you help me? And it was to share my Poshmark closet. So I hired someone local but she worked remotely to share my Poshmark closet for me. And that worked great until I realized that she was a little unreliable and fairly expensive. And so then I went into the international virtual assistant realm, which for anyone getting started and thinking about adding to their team, an international VA is a great way to get your feet wet with it because it's inexpensive. And so it's an easy way for you to kind of add that repetitive expense into your monthly nut that you have to be paying attention to. Because when you invite a team in, now you're responsible for them and you've made a promise to them to give them work. So you need to have that work and you need to pay them. (laughs) So I take it very seriously that I have now one virtual assistant who's been with me over four years in the Philippines I have a local assistant who does, you know, photographs, deals with the boxes, deals with the incoming shipping, deals with the outgoing shipping. So kind of like a warehouse type person. 
Yes. So I just have the, no. And then I have another virtual assistant in Ohio who does a lot of the financials and stuff for me. So I have three. That's a hard place sometimes for a lot of people to go. Like, that's great that you were able to do that so early because you're the bottleneck of your business that once you get to a certain point, you can only do so much. You only have so much time. And if you can start to outsource some of these things, then you can grow so much faster, but it's hard to get there. It is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now, you know, sharing and outsourcing the sharing isn't necessarily something that needs to be done, but that was, I think that's where I tell people to start is if you can get, get someone or something to share your Poshmark closet, because that's a huge thing that just really can weigh on you. You feel like you're chained and you feel like you don't have that freedom, or if you don't do this thing, you're not going to make money. And so that I think is a great place for people to start. And then I think a photographer, if you don't enjoy taking photos, that's one of those repetitive tasks that you can easily train to someone, the right person. And it doesn't involve a whole lot of stuff. Like you literally can have somebody show up at your house and take some photos. You can train them, they can take them and it like, it can go really easily. When you start having people do listings for you, which would be the next thing I would recommend, that's different because now that's going to require some skill. You're going to need to be checking a lot of it. Like the other two are pretty easy, I think. And then, you know, when you have someone doing your listings and and your shipping and all that, then it takes a little more trust and a little more of you to be able to let go. Right. And that that is definitely hard. We like, we, you know, have a couple of uh, assistants that help us and it's hard to let go of the things I'm supposed to be doing this. I need to be doing this, but you can't grow, you know, really grow. If you are holding on to all those things, you really can't. And, and, and identifying those things that either you're not good at or are easily repetitive and you can delegate or you don't like doing is always the good place to start. But I also do that in my personal life. And that kind of eases the pressure a little bit. We have cleaners that come. That was my husband's like push present to me was to have cleaners come in the beginning so that I wouldn't have to worry about that. But truth be told, I've never been a good cleaner, especially not to his standards. He was former military. So he's like crazy. (laughs) Like, you know, if he had a white glove and would do like that, like he would. So So I've never, you know, like whatever the toilet's clean. I wiped it like fine. So we have cleaners and that's a huge help because that's a lot of time that, you know, can, can be taken off of my plate. So we've kind of extended that. And so that's something that my money, my business money, even though it's our money, goes to pay for also because it directly (laughs) makes my life so much better. (laughs) I do think it's interesting that like you guys are on kind of the fire mindset, but then you're still able to hire out those things because that kind of fights yourself a little bit. If you're thinking like, oh, I'm spending money when I could be saving it or putting it towards retirement. So you kind of fight yourself a little bit. There's lots of ways that I, and now that I've kind of consumed a lot of different kinds of fire content, there's a lot of different ways people go about it. I would not be able to get my husband on board if it was the super hardcore frugality, get rid of everything type of, like, we just wouldn't, it would not happen. Like we eat organic, we spend money, you know, on organic food and grass-fed beef. Like we're not, you know. It'll happen. It's probably about 10 years out. We only recently started, but it's, we're also trying to save a chunk of money because I don't want to live on $40,000 when I'm in retirement. I want to see the freaking world. (laughs) Like we are going, like I'm going to all the States, going to as many countries as I can. Like that is my like goal. 
and he wants to play as many golf courses as he can. So I don't know, maybe he'll do that. I'll go see my countries. We'll do separate return. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, listen, whether you come or not, I'm going to these I'm places. See the world. Yes. So, so it does, but it doesn't because yeah. we wouldn't, that's not us. We wouldn't yeah. do that. I have total respect. I just watched you were listening to something the other day about somebody and, you know, they did it on like $25,000 a year, but they save 90% of their, I mean, something crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not going to work like that for us. That's not how it goes. But I do think that a lot of people resell, you know, as their side hustle so that they can put more money away. Or like for me as a stay at home mom, who's not, I can't contribute to a 401k, but I can take all this money and shove it in my retirement accounts and in my investment accounts and have that still work for us. So, you know, it doesn't matter what you do with your reselling money, as long as you do something with it and not just spend it, maybe. Yeah. I'm uh, now I'm curious on your, your numbers, how many items, how many in, I'm assuming this is mostly clothes that you're selling, correct? All clothes. I mean, I have some bags, some shoes, but pretty much my operation is optimized for women's clothing. Cool. I don't want to like, no, I don't No, I don't. No. Yeah. (laughs) Roughly on. (laughs) <laughs> on a month, what what are you, how many items are you shipping out? How many items are you moving in a month? So that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I don't, know. I, yeah, I don't actually know. That's, I don't know. I probably could look that up, but I, I keep track of the money more than I keep track of the number of sales or items. Okay. Yeah. Because so- for me, I just, I don't know. I just, that's just not something that I've chosen to pay attention to. I can obviously go back and look and figure out ASP and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I think I let a lot of those kinds of things go when the pandemic kind of creeped up because I, I sent everything to thread up. I only kept my boutique items that were multiple quantity in my Poshmark closet. And I homeschooled my son and for months, like many, you know, many people out there. And so I just, I think during that time, so much shifted, obviously personally and in the world, but in the business that there's just a lot less things that I pay attention to now. And and I'm always focused on top line revenue because I have a goal. I'm super ambitious and I have a goal that I'm trying to reach. So every month I'm like, where am I tracking toward that top line revenue goal? But then I'm also making sure, did I pay myself? Do I still have money in my bank accounts, because I believe in having cash reserves. Did I pay everybody that I needed to pay? And as long as there's money in the bank, money with me, money with them, I'm okay. So I don't always pay attention to all of the nitty gritty. I do say as a general rule though, that for me, I kind of factor in like, if I list 10 today, for the most part on a regular day, I'm shipping out anywhere between three to five items. Okay. So if I list five items, you know, it might be two that go out. If I list 10, now I just recently said, I'm going to start listing 15 a day because I can. And so I am starting to try to see what can I expect with that? One would hope that it would still be that 30 Same to 50% yeah. sell through, but I don't know, because I will say right now it's pretty tough. <laughs> like I'm having a, I'm having some trouble out there, like many people. So I don't know what that's going to be. And you're mostly on Poshmark right now, right? Poshmark's my main. It's always been my main. I have been on and off. I have a love-hate relationship with eBay. I've been on and off of Mercari, but I have found success in Mercari. 
So, you know, I do think that that's a great platform. I recently got on TradeZ and just this week had two sales this week on TradeZ, which, you know, I always kind of figured it would be like a, well, if one pops in here and there, you know, so we'll see. So I'm learning that platform. I was a big thread up seller. That platform is extremely unpredictable. And so now I just kind of like send certain things to liquidate. I'm dabbling with the real, real. So, I mean, I'm trying to figure out it right now in the stage I'm at, it's all about the nuances. So if I have this Bowdoin dress, where is the best place for me to sell this Bowdoin dress with the least amount of work, but the most amount of profit? But I do sell it on Poshmark and, and the sell it yourself platforms. That's not something I would send elsewhere. But if I get a designer item, then I'm thinking about, Maybe I don't want to do that work because I don't know if it's going to sell. Like, sure, if it did sell, it might sell for a lot, but I don't always think that I sell designer things myself. I feel like they sell better on some of these other, other platforms. So I'm really kind of like playing in the nuances these days. So what, for somebody wanting to get started on Poshmark, like what is something I've only dabbled in it just like a tiny, tiny. And it was, I had to share all this stuff and I was like, oh, I can't do all this is a lot. And that was like probably three years ago now. Yeah. So like somebody, if they really want to try to get started on Poshmark, what is like a couple tips you would give them to get started and really try to see some momentum on it? Yeah. I mean, it, it can be tough. Cause I think probably the biggest question out there, like if you go on any Poshmark Facebook group, which I do just to kind of see what people are saying is like, you know, when am I going to start seeing daily sales or when am I going to start seeing reliable sales? And it's different for everyone because if you have the hottest, coolest, greatest thing, you're going to sell it. Whether you have a hundred items in your closet, whether you share it, whether you listed it recently, if you have the thing that everybody's looking for, it's going to sell. But most of us don't have our finger on that button and can't find those things regularly. So we try to find the best of what we can get and we put that up. And for different people, that means different things. But I think listing consistently, sharing three to five times a day, whether it's you or a service or a person other than you, and then sending offers to likers as you gather those likes, that's important because people want to be given a deal. And sometimes you need to say, hello, remember (laughs) you like this item. Well, here's a deal. You know, you have to get it. You're the one trying to sell, right? So it's on you to get out there and influence the sale. So sending offers to likers for the most part, those are, you know, there's all kinds of things, but those would be the three main tactics, you know, and then obviously having good photos. And I would say offers too, like as a user, I like, if I'm looking for a certain thing, a brand or whatever, I'll search and I'll I'll look at different ones. And then if somebody sends me an offer while I'm looking at comparing different ones, I'm like, oh, okay, well, exactly. I'm going to go with that that, one over the other one. And that's the thing, you know, I was just talking about this with a reseller friend yesterday, like the buying behavior is so different from so many people. So the way I want to sell may not be the way someone wants to, or is comfortable with buying. And so you need to make people feel comfortable in sending you an offer. You need to send out an offer proactively because they might be, you know, the complete opposite of me who's like super aggressive and in your face and is going to ask you for a deal. They may not, they don't want to insult you. It might be in the middle of the night and they're drunk shopping or insomnia <laughs> shopping or like who knows. So, you know, you want to you want to have a bundle discount on, you want to send offers out, like you want to make everything available so that you have every chance to make that sale. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I wanted to kind of jump back into something because this totally intrigues me. So this is me personally about you're doing clothes and you're making six figures. And I know you say you don't keep track of your sales, but on your goals, like financially, and if you're not comfortable, it's okay. You don't have to say it, but kind of like, where are your benchmarks? Where are you at with you? Remember, we don't do clothes. We don't do these smaller <laughs> items. So I'm always intrigued when I see these other resellers that are doing different stuff than us. And I'm always interested. That's why I asked you about how many you're selling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what can somebody expect where you're at? And you've been doing it for years, but what can somebody expect or kind of where are you at right now like in your finances? Average, right? Yeah, on average. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what somebody's doing. So after the pandemic, when I had to basically start over from scratch, I said, I'm not gonna put those same items I used to sell in my closet because I wasn't finding success. I wasn't making the money I wanted to make and I was grinding it out. And I would get up, at four in the morning and do three hours of work before anybody was awake in this house. And then I would do work later in the pockets of time. And I had people have, and I wasn't making the money I wanted to because I was shopping at the bins, buying something for a dollar and hoping that I was going to get to sell it for 10 or 15 thinking, Hey, that's a profit. Profit is profit. I've said this, you know, I look back at some of my prior YouTube videos and like profit is profit. And I'm like, Oh my God, don't say that. Stop it. No, a good profit. That's what you want. So now I just said, no, like, so if I have to spend five or even spend 10, but I'm going to list it for 50 or more, that's kind of my benchmark. And so I'm building in based on my business processes and systems of, you know, how I'm sending out offers. I kind of know what my minimum amount is that I'm willing to accept, but I'm also hoping that, you know, just because I listed at 50, it could sell at 40, it could sell at 50, it could sell at 25. And that's probably my lowest. And so I can find, you know, where my profit's going to land. And then I can just keep doing that. So as far as like the overall thing is I don't really track the numbers per se, because I do sell a lot of different kinds of items, but my top line revenue goal for this year is 200,000. Wow, that's, awesome. that's not just in reselling clothing though. So just to be perfectly clear, so far this year, I have sold hundred thousand dollars in clothing. So I've already hit that mark for this year, you know, but I sell on Amazon by merch uh, or merch by Amazon. I just recently started Amazon KDP. I have my YouTube channel, although the YouTube channel itself does not make very much, <laughs> but I do that as a way to connect with people. And then I have my Etsy shop for digital downloads for resellers. I have my courses. I have other things that generate money. You know, I sell to my local buy, sell trade store. So I've got, you know, I never counted them, but probably like 15 right. <laughs> different yeah. streams of income. If you literally counted every income source, yeah. I'm not actively doing every single one of them all the time, but when you buy in bulk online, like I do mostly with clothing, you have to find ways to optimize your profit. And sometimes it's not selling it yourself on Poshmark. Sometimes it's taking it to Style Encore. Sometimes it's sending it to ThreadUp or the Real Real or or what have you. So for me, you know, I'm trying to hit, I forget what the number was, maybe six. 200,000 divided by 12, I think it was like 16,000 or something, but I started off the year a little slow, which I usually do. And then recently coming off the summer, it's been slower than even I was hoping. So we'll see if I actually hit the 200. Last year I was at 178. So I don't think it's too much of a stretch to go to 200 for the year, but 
it's a little icky right now. Like I'm not loving it. So, so I'm trying to see. <laughs> That's cool. But you that have, answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. You have your goals that you're working towards and you're trying to meet those Relentlessly. goals. Relentlessly. So yeah. yeah. That's, and that's, already a hundred thousand in just the clothes is really cool. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is possible. So. Yeah. And I, but like I said, it's not just in Poshmark. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, it's all things. And so it's added up that in reselling clothing, that's an over Cause I know that people out there that consume content and see people like me who I get bored with reselling. I get bored with it. There's a lot of reseller tasks that I don't enjoy. That's why I hire them out. But even still what the ones that I do, I get bored. And so I could do more and maybe that would keep it interesting, but I also don't want to deal with all of that, you know, either. So, you know, having the YouTube channel, making courses, making digital downloads and tools for people like teaching and sharing that has come out of the reselling is my favorite part now. Like, I love it. And, and people criticize that sometimes because they're like, well, you know, you're trying to make money off of other resellers or you're just selling things, whatever. And Yes, because I have to eat and I'd like to retire in 10 years. So yes, I do sell things, but I also still am walking the walk of the reseller. It's not like I stopped reselling so that I could sell you my course. I'm yeah. selling you the course because it worked over here in the reselling. So to me, I've never been a, you know, I kind of really take it personally when people are kind of like anti all of that. But I do think that it's important for people when you're in reselling and you are selling, you're playing in somebody else's sandbox. You're on someone else's platform. ThreadUp decides to cut off labels. Poshmark decides to change the algorithm. Mercari, who knows what's over there and whatever other things. Like, that's a lot. Like, that will keep me up at night. That would give me agita. <laughs> From New Jersey, we say, like, it's like that gives me agita. And so, so having all kinds of things that are related in a revenue web, they're related income, but they're different things. And some stuff I'm more in control of and some stuff I've less in control of, but having all of it, I think makes the boat yeah. go. Absolutely. So we're big yeah. fans of, if we want to learn something, we're going to go jump into a course. We're going to go get coaching. We it's have the shortcut. Yeah. Cause it is. It's like, I, yes, there's free content out there and you can yeah. learn anything you really want to know. You could learn on YouTube, like really, Absolutely. but if you want somebody's what roadmap to yeah. what they've done and the shortcut, like we've bought thousands of dollars of courses. <laughs> like yeah. we're always like coaching. We, we really believe in investing in ourselves. So, yeah. Um, so but yeah. I commend you too, because you are doing, you're still doing yeah. a grind. You're still yeah. building your team. You're doing it. That's the same thing that we do. And I said, I always say, I'll do this the rest of my life because I love it. I absolutely yeah. love the hunt for a deal and I'll do it the rest of my life, but we also teach it as well. And it's one of those things that we're teaching what we have done through the last 20 some years and we're giving you that roadmap, but we're still doing it because we absolutely love it so much. So, and right. I see that you're going to be too. like 90, like yeah. trying to find stuff. Like. Well, and that, yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I think that, you know, I want to retire early, but I'm always going to do something yeah. because I'm not going to just, you know, put my feet up, but I won't have to. And I think yeah. there's a difference between, you know, now I have people I have to pay. I have two storage units. I just breaking news. I just signed for another storage unit yesterday and started moving stuff in today. So now I'm up to two units. And, you know, so it's like, there's a, a lot of sales that need to happen in order just to run the machine now. And that's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I like it. It's, you know, it keeps you going and stuff. But, you know, at the same time where it's like, you know what? I might get to a point where I'm just going to list a couple of things and they're going to be some humdingers of a things. And when they sell, they sell. And when they don't, they, you know, and I, and it won't be so like, I got to do this and I got to do that and have all these goals and whatever it would be nice to kind of like chillax a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's bit. just there. You can do it whenever, that's it. Whenever you want to, cause retire. Yeah. You, you retire early, but you can't just sit around and do nothing. No, right. <laughs> like, right. that right. sounds boring. Yes. Rebecca, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for jumping on here and giving us some insight into your business. Like I said, I love seeing other people's business model when it's totally different than what we do, but it's really, really cool to learn and grow from each other. So and she's really created systems ah. like in her business, which is huge. And that's, I, I mean, that it. is how you grow absolutely to the next level that's my so. favorite part yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely that's so, awesome cool. and where can everybody oh, find you <laughs> i'm rebecca the reseller pretty much everywhere so on instagram rebecca the reseller on youtube rebecca the reseller and then you can find all the various links there yeah, awesome we'll put those in the show notes too yep, below you guys so. can click below thank so you. thank you so much for jumping on here thank you so it was great fun. i appreciate it Thank you so much for spending your time with us and tuning into this episode. And if you'd like to learn more about our program, Flipper University, we've created a free workshop to see if it would be a good fit for you. Just check out the link in the show notes. And we'll catch you on the flip side.